podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, this is Naishad Gadani coming to you from Melbourne. It's sunny right now, we don't know what will happen in the next half an hour. Um, but I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under and the co-founder of Career Care Package. It's an initi- initiative that me along with Caroline Brown started around 14 weeks back when I was uh, in lockdown in India. I didn't commit any crime. I was just locked down because of the COVID-19, just to clarify that. Uh, and uh, obviously, there was uh, you know, time of uh, turbulence even in Australia as well, where many people lost their jobs and many people you know, work hours reduced. So me and Caroline one day decided, let's do something about it. So we decided, how about we do LinkedIn Lives and really you know, get new ideas and insights from, from every angle to help. Uh, you know, these affected uh, professionals and deliver some hope and optimism message because I know how hard it could be, Uh, you know, staying by yourself and you can't go anywhere else and also continuously consumed by by the anxiety about the future and what it holds. So it's been a great journey, as I've always said. It's been a great journey for two reasons. One is our experts that are generously agreeing to be part of the show and you guys you know, who listen to us you know continuously um you know and that that's really the the most important aspect of our show uh today is our 66th episode uh and today we are going to talk something very different it, it's it's still the same shade of the topic but it's going to be uh, you know coming from somebody who has scaled the corporate career and calls herself a reformed corporate I, I i i don't know what it means but mel will you know expand on that uh you know as we uh as we start the discussion before i uh, start uh you know inviting mel i want to invite the invite the co-founder uh, caroline brown thanks nash that's funny i think i call myself a corporate refugee so maybe we're on the same lines there there mel it's great to be here it's really an honor to be able to continue to provide great content and um, help people and, and answer questions and support people during this time. And I keep saying Nish and I have gained just as much from it as we hope that you have as well, because we've met some amazing people along the way and, and kept ourselves going at times where um, our lives and businesses have been up and down as well. So today we've got Melanie Colling and Melanie is the founder of Expert Experts on Air. She's a podcaster connector, relationship builder, corporate refugee or corporate something. I'm sure you're going to tell us now. Um, And we're talking about making real connections in business. But a big thing that Nash and I have been talking about is how to actually reach out to people and create a relationship that perhaps can um, end up in a job. 
Um, and because we see a lot of stuff on LinkedIn that is a lot around liking and sharing and commenting, but I kind of feel that process can be addictive and you can get a buzz out of it thinking that you're doing something when ultimately we want to make connections, build business, find, find jobs and that sort of thing. So that's why I'm really happy to have you here today, um, Melanie. And I guess a great place to start is perhaps give people a rundown of, um, you know, your career to this point and, and what you do at the moment. Sure. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and, um, you know, sharing what I know um, with, with your audience and your listeners. So thank you for that. Um, so my background has been in uh, corporate. So yes, I'm a corporate refugee like you, Carolyn. And um, I call myself a, um, a corporate escapee. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I escaped, yes. Yes. Um, so I worked in uh, the project management field for 20 plus years, um, you know, over various different uh, companies. So IBM, HP, Telstra, NAB, um, you know, the, the usual suspects. Mm -hmm. um, but I was always looking for something else. Um, and But I was quite good at project management and I liked it. And, you know, I worked with some amazing people and, um, you know, some amazing leaders, um, worked on some awesome projects, you know, really interesting and lots of people that I still keep in contact with today. Um, but it was never really my thing and I was always looking for something else. So I always did something on the side. Um, and I actually made that transition. Uh, and I say transition because it wasn't just jump out of something into nothing. Um, it was a transition. So I was actually doing stuff on the side um, and, you know, random things that I did was, you know, I've sold uh, makeup and handbags and, you know, had an online wedding dress business, you know, who would think, <laughs> um, you know, but eventually got over all that craziness. And I actually then was transitioning to help um, business owners and entrepreneurs with projects. So putting some project um, framework in place so that they could build um, and grow and take their business to the next level. So I was doing that while working full time. And I kind of had this moment where I had to decide which way I was going to go because I was getting busy on both sides and I couldn't sustain uh, doing both. So um, I took that leap of faith. Um, but in doing so, I actually stepped into another role where I was actually able to take my um, family to Bali and we actually set ourselves up there for seven months and lived and worked in Bali. Um, and so I worked supporting someone else in their business as well as doing my business. So I had some income coming in plus my business income. So that's what I call transitioning out of corporate into mine and then working on my business full time. So I've been doing that for about four years full time now. Um, and it's been a journey. Um, and I think if you speak to any business owner and entrepreneur, it's always a journey. Um, but I've really enjoyed learning um, and taking what I've learned in the corporate world um, and in project management and then taking that into my own business and then working with my own clients. So, um, yeah, it's it's been really interesting. <laughs> It always is a transition, isn't it? I think people think that people who start their own business, particularly from corporate, um, you know, it's just one step, but it's never that. It's sort of, you know, and then you find some clarity in all of that. I, I don't know anybody that, that hasn't done that, but um, well, I, I might be wrong. So what's, what are you working on at the moment? What, what's your focus? So um, I have myself, I'm a business partner, um, started Experts on Air. So mm -hmm. we were both in a mentoring group together. 
Um, and we would listen to each other, give updates each month in, in our mentoring group. And at the time, Brett was doing sales and marketing and, and funnels, um, and I was doing the project management side. And we'd give it updates and we'd go, oh, that's interesting. And then Brett started to refer people to me because he didn't want to manage people. And I started referring people to him because he did sales and marketing and I didn't do that. So we we're kind of going like this. Um, mm. And then in the end, we're like, we should just work together. So we came together and did some stuff and then we went off and did our own thing. And then about three years ago, Brett rings me and he said, we should do a podcast together. And I was like, mm. what's a podcast? <laughs> and it sounds so crazy now. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's how it started. And then, um, you know, Brett started working with people about creating their own podcast. Mm. Um, and the bit that I really um, enjoy and the bit that I'm growing of the business is around um, the guest booking agency. So getting other people booked to be a guest on other people's podcasts mm. um, and, and teaching them how they can leverage that um, and make connection and build their business and build themselves as an authority or an expert in their field. Mm. I guess that brings us to um, some of the things that we want to discuss around, you know, building those relationships and building those connections because obviously you're the bridge between the the talent and the the podcast, so to, so to speak. How do you do that? Like, how do you uh, re do you reach out to people cold? And and if so, you know, what's your approach? So a lot of different ways to do that. But I'm a natural connector. That's yeah. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, and I'm always that person that's at a party or a conference or an event that's talking to people going, oh, you need to go and talk to so-and-so over there and I'm dragging people over and saying, <laughs> you need to go and speak to them because you two could do this and I'm creating all these connections and, you know, potential collaborations with people in the room. Um, mm. So I'm just doing that in a different way. Mm. Um, so... You know, it's in various different ways. So if I'm doing it in my booking agency, I'm actually going and I'm, I'm speaking to the guests and I'm understanding what they want to do and what they want to achieve and um, who they want to talk to and who they want to be in front of. And then I'm actually going and finding those hosts that have that audience. Mm. So it's really matchmaking those, but it's also being a little bit of a private detective too. Mm. Um, and I'd encourage some of your listeners to, to, to do that because you actually need to understand who you want to reach out to or who you want to connect to um, mm. and it's actually going and finding those people and saying you know um, I'm able to listen to their podcast so I get to know a bit about them but if you're looking for someone that you want to reach out to from a career point of view then you know go on LinkedIn and find out a bit more about them and what are they doing elsewhere you know google them and you mm. know find out a bit more about them so that you know a bit about them to reach out or ask a question or something they're interested in or give them a gift or say that you're grateful for something mm. you know ways to reach out so I'm actually reaching out to give the host an opportunity to connect with a great guest who I think can give um, great value to their audience so what host would say no to that really mm. um, in uh, and for the guest that's giving them the opportunity to connect with that host to their audience to speak add value to that audience um, and then to leverage that host's network um, mm. and, and be seen and be introduced as a trusted source uh, to mm. that audience and so there's really um, a great synergy between the host and the guest because they're both, it's a win-win-win. It's a win for mm. the host, a win for the guest, and it's a win for the audience as well. And I think that's the important thing is that, you know, it's a, it's a three-way win. Mm, for sure. Can I ask, you know, yeah, you know, around the, you know, I, I think Melanie, you know, I'll probably have, want to go back to the idea around that you were working full time and then you, you know, dipped your toes into a couple of online businesses. 
mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a you know in a way you know I think we in KBS t- talked about that on you know with various people who changed careers and that's one of the thing that we look at is uh, you know a lot of people have done is that they want to test out different ideas before they even jump the ship and say you know what this job is not going to work out let me you know full time go into my business can you share us you know a couple of things one is what prompted you to to start your own not not the not the business right now but the online business that you were involved with while you were working full time and how you know how did you kind of you know manage uh, you know you know both the worlds and what are your learnings for people who are kind of you know wanting to do itching to do something else but they are kind of stopped by you know due to whatever the reasons are what are your learnings from that yeah a lot of learnings um and a lot of time and a lot of money but ultimately it came down to knowing myself better so that was the journey that i had to go on to understand what i was good at but why was i good at that um and how could i help other people with that so when i talk about you know all the things that i tried they weren't the right thing for me and my personality and i came across a, an entrepreneur community um you know there's a profiling test and i and, and i did that and i learned so, and i'd worked in corporate so i had been psychoanalyzed to the hilt you know myers briggs you know all of these you know color coded and um you know disc profile and but nothing really resonated with me um and it was all for a corporate setting but it wasn't me as a whole person that's how i felt it was analyzing me in a role in an organization so i found this tool and i was like okay i get it now but then how can i take that now that i understand myself better and then take that into a business so i worked out i was in doing the wrong business like the online wedding dress business was not for me i'm a people person and i was sitting behind a computer like talking to no people um you know doing something technical which just wasn't my thing so you know it it was good i sold it on ebay for a profit so it was all good <laughs> <laughs> um but i then had to work out okay what do i do and it was taking my skills and experience as a project manager but taking that just to a different audience which was entrepreneurs and small business and so i connected with them and i was part of a community for a long time and i built up connections and a network so that i was able to step out and go and reach out to the right people and then test you know actually was this a value to people and so i remember my mentor at the time challenging me saying go and find six people that you can provide your service for free to get feedback on it and i was like oh my god i was so nervous thinking you know will six people respond um mm. and i went out and i had 10 people straight away like within 10 minutes i was like oh my god and i'm like okay that's enough um mm. but i did those 10 people and I, and i went out and i met with them and um you know i provided my service and at the time it was a project or promotion plan um and it was so interesting because the value they got out of that was different to what i thought they were going to get yeah. and what i thought they needed was different so i always say that to people that i work with is that if you're not in action and you're not testing and measuring and you're not actually speaking to your target market and your audience then you don't know you're making a lot of assumptions um and so it's just getting out there getting into action and then tweaking and you know changing as you as you go through it and every business owner every career person is changing you know as they learn more about themselves or what they like and what they don't like you know mm. they're kind of steering their ship in the right direction for them 
It's a really valid point, isn't it? And I think there's only so much you can gain from doing, you know, like you say, like the disc profiling or outside of that in the career world, doing the other psychometric testing and things like that. Sometimes you've just got to put the rubber to the road and see see what resonates. And yeah, I completely relate to, I think I when I first started my business 15 years ago, I'm like, right, I'm modeling this around a friend of mine. She's at American Express and she wants to go from here to here and just needs to accelerate that. So, you know, did a little focus group, put a website up, designed a, a service and um, put some AdWords up. And the next day, my very first client was a train driver. I'm like, well, there's some mix in there, but not quite. But, you know, in the end, like he wanted to go and work in the mines at that time and got a, an amazing pay rise. So he's a certain type of person. But it was a real lesson. It, you, you kind of go... Um, you know, I know that there's, there's this match here, but it's not, you know, there's there's a, a closer and more refined match. And just as an end to that story, he came back to me last week for some help. So 15 years ago, full cycle. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. What does he yeah. want to do now? Uh, same. He, okay. he had time out of it, actually. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting, you know, working with him at um, various stages, basically. Yeah. That's cool. You must have made an impact on him for him to come back and, you know, yeah. you want to get your help again, that's cool. Yeah. But um, I guess um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you um, we, around LinkedIn, how do you, do you have a specific strategy for using um, LinkedIn in your business and connecting and reaching out and that type of thing? I do. Um, and the first thing is around maximising your profile. And for a long time I didn't do that. And also, um, and, and people might feel this way if they've got a foot into camp. So I had mm. a professional profile on LinkedIn for project management and I was doing my other stuff on the side and I didn't know how to bring those two together because I thought if I if I told my professional side that I was doing something else that would look bad mm. and then but therefore my other side the business owners and entrepreneurs I couldn't connect with them on LinkedIn because that wasn't my profile fully mm. um, but I got over myself it was okay <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like, I'm me. This is my yeah. profile. It needs to reflect who I am. And just because I am doing a role and a business, it doesn't mean I can bring those two together. So mm -hmm. my first thing was around refining my profile um, and maximising. And there's lots of people that can help you with, with, with doing that. I know you guys have got um, really awesome LinkedIn profiles. Um, and just making the most of the tool that we have of LinkedIn, which is, is such an awesome tool, um, you know, for connecting and, you know, collaborating with other people. So it was updating my profile, making that work for me. Um, and then it was actually um, providing content. So letting mm -hmm. people know what I knew um, and, and sharing that with other people and being of value. So giving something before I'm asking for anything. And I think that's really important when you're reaching out to someone is try and always um, add value before you actually ask for something. So I created mm -hmm. content on there. Um, and then it was about building um, my networks and my connections. Um, and so I did that just by re reaching out to people. And LinkedIn's really cool because you can um, search. So, you know, other tools like Facebook and things, it's really hard to search for specific mm. people. You're really searching on names, but we can search on job titles and organisations they've worked in and, and all different things. And you can see friends of friends or, you know, colleagues mm. of colleagues. So um, it's a really powerful search engine. So I was just going out there and searching you know, for people that I wanted to connect with. But it was mm. having a plan of who. 
Um, and so being really conscious of who do I want to go and connect with? Uh, who am I looking for? You know, am I looking for clients? Am I looking for uh, colleagues? Am I looking for, you know, reaching out and asking for um, ex-colleagues for recommendations, mm. giving recommendations to other people first and then asking for one in return? Like I've reconnected with so many people just by doing that one thing. Mm. Um, and those people are in different roles and doing different things and you don't know what they're doing until you reach mm. out you know, start that conversation. So, um, yeah, just reaching out, connecting, starting a conversation on LinkedIn and then, you know, asking, do you want to catch up, you know, and mm. just have a conversation. And I think if you can get to that point where you can actually have a conversation with someone, um, mm -hmm. that, that's a really powerful step um, that you can then make a, a direct connection with someone. Mm. For the job seekers, if we put a you know, job seeker hat on, you know, one one of the thing that, you know, that I've found you know very challenging to kind of you know persuade uh, job seekers to do is to contact decision makers. <laughs> I I don't know whether there's a there's a you know an ingrained fear of contacting the decision maker, considering that maybe. I or you know you know do not matter to them. Uh, you know I always joke about that that every job seeker's uh, confidence is less than um, you know somebody who sells drugs. I think someone who sells drugs and weapons, <laughs> their confidence is always high, even though they are doing illegal stuff. And every job seeker is really struggling, as if you have done a crime by contacting a you know uh, you know an employer with a, a decision maker whether that's through a phone by email or even on linkedin messages what are your kind of you know thoughts on um you know around contacting so you know obviously linkedin emails or phone are just vehicles uh, but but what are some of the some of the you know kind of what we say research background research that one needs to do because i'm pretty sure that you know as you worked in corporate you know, you might have been approached by, you know, talented professionals for job opportunities, uh, you know, all those things. So can you shed some light on the background research that one needs to do uh, to, you know, in terms of, you know, job seeking uh, context? Sure. So um, just on your first point about, you know, um, not being worthy to reach out, um, <clears throat> I think we've all felt that at some stage in our, in our careers. Um, but it's really about mindset. It's about to, to say, you know, that person has a role in a business and if they want to be successful, they need people. And why is it not you? Why, why is it someone else but not you? Like that's really just about you getting your head right to say, mm. I've got the skills, um, I've got the ability and I know I would be a good fit um, and why shouldn't I reach out to that person? So, you know, I just encourage everybody to get into the right mindset to say, you know, that I am worthy um, to reach out, first of all. Um, it's then finding out about that person. So, like I said before, being a little bit of a private detective and, you know, learning a bit more about that person because the more you know about the person, the more you know how you can reach out or, or um, what's going to resonate with them or how you're going to stand out you know, from the other people that might be reaching out to that person. So, you know, is it adding value? Is it saying, hey, I've got a, 
um, a mutual connection. And that's a really cool thing on LinkedIn that you mm. can find is, you know, have you worked with someone that now works for them in that company? Can you get an introduction to that person, you know, which is better than going and, and connecting directly on LinkedIn because someone is introducing you as a trusted person um, that they know. So, you know, is there someone that you've worked with that is a mutual connection of both of you that can introduce you? That's always a nice way um, to do it. But then reaching out with some value and being, you know, confident that you can reach out to that person, knowing about that person um, and, and just, you know, letting them know that you're there. So if I put my recruiter hat on when I was in my corporate role in, in project management, um, you know, we would get so many resumes and, you know, a resume is just a whole lot of words on a piece of paper. You can't really get a feel for a person. You can say, yes, there's certified project manager, you know, they've worked for all these organisations, but it's not until you get that person in front of you and start asking some questions that you know that they're going to be a good match for your organisation, the role you want them to do, the team you want them to fit into, etc. Um, but if you've actually connected with that person on LinkedIn and they see your resume, they're going to go, oh, I've seen that person before. That name looks familiar. So you've always got like one point of connection above someone else that hasn't done that. Your photo is on LinkedIn. That person that gets a resume can go on LinkedIn and have a look about, look, you know, at you or your profile. If you've maximised it, other than this is what's on your resume, because a lot of people just put their resume on LinkedIn without adding you know, some other value on there, um, that that person can learn a bit more about you. So you're not just a name on a piece of paper, you are a person. So, you know, doing that connection first when you're sending out your resume, um, you know, for me, that's making my life easier. You know, that someone's made that step. Um, mm. You know, I can make an assumption or a call or say, yes, I'd, I'd like to interview that person. So it's just thinking outside the box, like what can I do that can make me stand out above everybody else that's going for that role. Hmm. Why do you think people fear it so much? You're just going back to that sort of point of Nashad's, um, and obviously, you know, the connecting that you do with clients to podcasts as well, that um, you, you've connected some people with us and they've seemed to be very accomplished, successful, interesting people um, and are, are using your service to connect. And I was just wondering, why do you think people fear um, the reach out so much? It's because they don't do it. Like we're always mm -hmm. fearful of something that, that is unknown to us. Yeah. And um, it's because I think we're all also fearful that we're always um, being sold to mm. or, um, you know, we're just a, a, another person asking for a job for example, and, you know, everybody's going to do that. But we don't know that everybody's doing that to that person. Like mm. that person may not have got, you know, 100 requests from job seekers. So mm. you know, don't make assumptions that, that that's just because you feel that way, that that's actually reality for that person. Mm. Um, and also, it, you know, it's the way we reach out. So mm. like I was saying before, like adding some value or, um you know, I'm part of this group and it's been such a cool exercise. Um, it's around what are the different ways that you can reach out to people? Mm. And, you know, is it a funny quote? Is it a story that you heard? Um, you know, is it something that would resonate with that person? Is it something in the news that you know about that organisation that you can then reference to that person mm. that would be of interest that's going to make them read that email mm. or read that LinkedIn message to go, oh, that's interesting. 
I'd like mm. to reply to that person or you'll be top of mind because you've been different to everybody else. So it's about mm. standing out and doing something different um, than everybody else is doing. So, yeah, mm. I would just encourage people to think outside the square and, you know, just do it because the more you do it, the less nervous you'll be about it. So mm. just like ripping off a Band-Aid, you just got to do it. <laughs> It's funny with some of my clients because I, I run a straight to shortlist challenge and Nish does similar work as well and it, it is around identifying decision makers and reaching out. And sometimes it's just the role, my role I see is just giving permission. It's like, yes, yes. You, can, the, you can reach out to that person. They look like a reasonable person and, and then thinking about what you might want to say in, in a different way. But it's just like, oh, I can do that. And like, yes, you can. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really so interesting. I'll give two examples of that. Mm. Um, one is this, um, the group that I just mentioned before. Um, a, a girl, Molly Beck, wrote a book called Reach Out. Um, and I would encourage people to go and read this book because it's really awesome. But it was her journey of how she wanted to go and reach out to change her career and what mm. she did to do that. So that would be a really good uh, book for your listeners to read. Mm. Um, and so she wrote the book probably about three years ago. Um, another girl, Carly, read the book and was like, I'm going to try this. So she started following the, the, the ideas that Molly had shared in her book. Mm -hmm. um, and she is um, an artist, so an actor um, based in New York. Um, and so she started reaching out to directors and, and all different kind of things, you know, just to see what would happen. And she had some, you know, amazing things happen by doing that. And she actually reached out to Molly, the author of the book, and she said, thank you so much for writing this book. This is how it's impacted me. This is what I've done. Um, so thank you. Molly mm. wrote back to her to say, wow, thank you for letting me know that my book impacted you because lots of authors write books, but how often do they get people saying the impact that that book made on them, mm. you know, mm. unless they're like book signing and all, all that kind of stuff. So um, they then made this connection and they've gone out to work together to get, you know, to create this movement, which is, you know, teaching people how to reach out more. Yeah. So that would have never happened if Molly didn't write the book if Carly mm. didn't read the book and if Carly didn't reach out and then Molly responded. So you just never know where it's going to take you. Mm. Um, and then the other example was after I came back from Bali, um, I reached back out to my old colleagues, but I was actually out at a social event and saw a mum from school and said, they said, oh, you're back. And I said, oh, yeah, I might do a contract. They said, oh, we've got something coming up. Had a conversation, was in an interview, was in a job within a couple of weeks. Like... You know, who knew? Yeah. This <laughs> is easy as that, but you need to let people know what you want, mm. what you're looking for, let people help mm. you, um, mm. yeah, and, and just be open to what to what comes of that. Mm. It's such a good, you know, good uh, segue into into the next question around. I think, I think a lot of lot of uh, the job seekers that I've observed, even their network, do not exactly know what they are looking for. Uh, you know, you know, so somebody I remember, you know, and KB would also get those requests that, uh, you know, oh, can you help me get a job? And then I'll say, yeah, yeah, I've got this job, you know, through the, you know, through my friend. No, no, I don't want that job. Well, you didn't specify what you're looking for. Then I'm going to offer you what I have, right? So I think it is very important for the network to to really know. But I really like that idea. I think KB, 
it is we should get uh, the the author of reach out on our linkedin live because it seems like that that's one of the thing i think people are you know you know especially in the job seeking context people are too afraid and they afraid you know that comes from fear of rejection and especially i've observed that uh, you know i'm i'm doing a currently uh, leading around 14 people through a job seeking program and one of one of the participants said that oh, i've called this this you know recruiter you know but you know he said that no i don't have a job for you and then i just put the phone down and i said would you do it if it's your business and he said no i would not i said then who stops you treating your job as your business and then having a conversation with people because you will not you will not you know i'm not asking you to be arrogant about this right but you will not quit the conversation at that because you desperately you really want to know that why you are not getting the interview that's what you want to know to so ask that what's wrong in asking right that person will say hang on you don't have the skill or it might lead into another conversation mm. so i think that is that is very very important now we got a question and kb you and mel both can answer this i've noticed uh, jasprit asks that i've noticed a lot of people on linkedin don't reply to direct messages uh, any thoughts on that so mel and then kb what are your thoughts on people who don't reply to jasprit's messages um so i there's a couple of things in that it's around not being connected to them re replying so you know there's other people there's other opportunities if they don't reply it's not the right thing for you um don't don't get um you know so connected to to their response um but is there another way that you can reach out can you reach out again to them like why try once why not try again like there's no reason why you can't say hey you might have missed my message and i know personally that linkedin for messages it it's hard to track because they go to the bottom you know and yes you can archive um messages but who gets time to do that you know properly and consistently so they may have missed the message it's not that they don't want to respond um so don't get too caught up on the outcome of that but find another way um to respond to them or, or to reach out to them again you know can you find an email address um you know can you find again like i said before someone that's connected to them that can introduce you that you know has a connection in linkedin and that's quite easy to find um you know reach out to someone that knows them to say you know they might respond and then say hey i'm trying to connect with this person could you help me with that you know you never mm. know just don't 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 know for an answer just keep going <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit like that and some people just uh won't reply and and some people the messages that you get on on linkedin it's almost people go straight into sales versus um mm -hmm. like i call it kind of like curiosity mode because when you're reaching out to somebody as much research that you can do and look at linkedin the linkedin profile is it's still limited you don't don't actually know the story behind that so what you're actually asking for they may not be able to help or support you or provide that and some people just um they just don't answer i think i always say to people make every message really personal and care about it um until the time you hit send and then let it go but i know people really struggle like some of my clients say it it takes them a day to work up the courage to actually send an email and i i kind of think the more that you do do of that the less less painful it get it gets like that so every rejection is really meaningful and then they stop and i think mm. the worst thing that you can actually do is stop um one of the tips i have for people is to actually just send that email to yourself and go 
would I actually say yes if that landed in my inbox? And is what I'm asking actually clear? Because some people, you know, that sort of uh, reach out or just ask thing, they don't actually ask what they want, say what they want. So um, that, that's always a good rule of thumb for me is just send it to yourself and go, if that landed to me, would I say yes to it? You might need to change to change your approach with that. Yeah. We've got a, uh, a question or a feedback from Stuart. Uh, while Mel's advice is sound, many job seekers would struggle to take, take this recommended reaching steps. They may need to be broken into smaller and confidence building steps sometimes. LinkedIn is a great networking tool, but cold connects uh, can be deflating. So I think it is it is equally important uh, for job seekers. And I think KB, you know, you talked about it is to really dismantle that process because, you know, giving an advice, for example, I can tell my son that don't sit down for study for two hours, right? You know, that's that's a direct statement. I need to really look at what really distracts him, you know, whether he's got enough resources or not, or whether he's struggling with a particular topic in his subject that I can help, or he can, you know, get you know help from somewhere else. So I think dismantling that is is equally important. What are your thoughts on really pro because I think you know, as a project manager and expert, I think you dismantle the task into different, different actions to make sure that when you're taking the action, you're not overwhelmed by you know by reaching the top but you're focused just on the task absolutely and i like that that feedback about breaking it down because yeah that's what we do in project management we say this is what we want to achieve but how are we going to do that so it's breaking those steps down into you know saying okay what's the scope what are the steps who's going to help do it you know and how do we do it so yeah it's about you know um like caroline said about you know what are you asking for and people are time poor uh you know and do they actually use linkedin that was another thing that i was going to say like go and see mm. their activity and posts like if they're not posting anything they're not really using linkedin so maybe linkedin messages you're never going to get a response because they're not on there often enough to actually respond so you know that's what i'm saying about going and finding out a bit more about them where are they where are they hanging out what are they doing you know where will they be to um, respond to you, uh, and then yeah, it's just about you know what's your ask? What are you asking for? Are you approaching the right people? Um, you know, and then have a plan and and you know be ticking that off so that you actually are thinking yes, I am getting closer, and I am doing all this activity and it's getting me closer to the goal rather than thinking no one's responded, but actually I've done all this other stuff, so it's okay. I'm still moving forward in what I want to achieve. Mm. I think also like know the numbers too. So um, I always say to people expect a 25% response rate and um, then if you're getting less than that, there's probably something that you're doing. You might not be targeting the right people. Your message might be too long, um, might be, you know, to your point, Melanie, they're not on LinkedIn. So why, why contact them on LinkedIn? Um, I always tend to put a little note in the connection. So, you know, it's a little... Thing about unless I know people and you know we're about to do LinkedIn Live, for example, I don't think I connected to you with the note, no, Melanie. But um, a little note in the connection flagging saying why you might be interested in them. So I, I sometimes say, you know, we've got this in common. So you're trying, you know, building that commonality and um, love to connect and be in your network with the aim of seeking some career advice. So you kind of 
it's almost a little warm move before you actually then might follow that up um, with an email as well. So, and then if people don't respond, I, I tend to say, you know, um, you know, wait five days and just nudge it up to the top of the email with, I'm just nudging this up to the top of your email just in case you um, overlooked it, but never make people feel bad about, about not responding. So, um, yeah. I think respond, you know, reaching out to people again is is absolutely fine because I think I think you and I or every one of us will be guilty of not responding to people's messages mm -hmm. just because number one is if we are if we have received and especially on LinkedIn, right? Earlier LinkedIn used to have a subject, right? Earlier they used to have a subject of why this person now it's a face kind of a Facebook chat. It's like a rolling messages that comes through to you. And and I I think if if you are a very active user of LinkedIn, you might end up having fifty messages, uh, you know. And each you know, and you look at what are the most important ones. So you're not not necessarily that even though your 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 message was seen by them, not necessarily that they will act on that straight away because you've really crafted a great message. So they have to really think about rather than rejecting you. They say, hang on, I'll I'll probably respond to Just Brit's message. You know, when I get a chance, because that seems like that he needs more, you know, more of my time, and I'll I'll come back to, uh, you know, come back to Jasprit. But at the same time, Jasprit or for any any of them, you know, is asking, you know, poke them again, poke with professionalism. It's not that you are asking them for their, you know, BSB and account number, or you know, you're not asking them anything personal, right? You are asking, you're simply saying, and it goes back to the same thing over and over again, is that. Is that there are people who scam and people call right and and scam you they are more confident right you know they can they can tell you exactly that they are they do call from microsoft and your computer has a virus and you need to install this and you do that right because it's the confidence uh you know that is incredibly important here we are not asking you know to for you to fake it until you make it but you know i think you if you're a job seeker or professional you do have value to offer you are really not doing anything unethical by approaching yeah. people to to hire you because you do have you you have made impact on organization it's not that you've not made organize you know impact on organization so i think that is where i want to you know sort of leave people with but before we finish we are coming to an end mel are there any other things that you want to leave our listeners with that would be useful, uh, you know, for them. Yeah, just a, a few things is around building relationships, but doing it consistently. So I think the challenge when you're a job seeker is you've got a time frame that you're working to, and you want people to work to your time frame, um, and that's not how they're working. So they're in a job and they've got responsibility and you might not be in a job and so you're wanting this to happen quicker um, and so you need to be mindful of that so to give yourself a realistic time frame when you're asking people to respond to you or when you're expecting them to come back to you but also it's not a, a, a one-off thing this is a consistent thing about building relationships so when you're in a job you should still be building your relationships and building your network for your next role and your next role and your next role so that you don't get to that stage and you know we've had unfortunate and challenging circumstances at the moment that you know no one could have foreseen um but if you've got that network of those people behind you and you've been consistently engaging with them and connecting with them then 
how much easier would it be to reach out to say, oh, I know we spoke a few months ago, you know, what's happening at your organisation? Is there any roles? Can I help you? What are you doing? You know, would I have some connections that I could help you with? And you're giving that, it's a two-way street. So doing that consistently and building your network. So it's not just a strategic exercise that you're doing when you're looking for a job, but you're doing it, you know, ongoing um, so that you don't, see yourself in that position where you know you've got a time frame that you've really got to work for when sometimes you're looking for the next role hmm. okay. so we got one more question uh mel for you what made you start experts on the air oh that's a great question so um it was really organic. So um, Brett started the podcast production side because he was helping people with sales and marketing, but trying to get the content out of them was super hard <laughs> because everyone's like, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, you know, I can't, I don't have time to sit there and write this for you. Um, and so he was like, just record yourself talking, um, which, you know, people can do much easier. Um, I know I can. And give us the audio file, which then became, well, actually that could be a podcast and then we could, um, you know, um, put that up as a podcast and then repurpose all the content off the back end instead of doing it the other way around. So that's how Experts on Air came, you know, to produce podcasts for people to have their own. Um, and then the booking agency came about because those people that had started a podcast said, oh, it's really time consuming to find guests. And once I've exhausted my own network, then I'm having to go and find people. And, you know, that's not really what I signed up for. And uh, can you help me with that? So we were doing that. And then other people were saying, hey, you guys know about podcasting. I'd like to get on a few more podcasts. Can you help me? So it kind of just happened like that. And we're like, yeah, okay, let's try and do this. And there are booking agencies, um, but they're really based in the US. So there's a few in the US, some in the UK, but no, none that really looked after you know, Australasia area. Um, so that's where we started supporting experts, you know, in our um, area um, to help them get on more podcasts and be seen and, you know, be seen as experts and authorities in their industry niche and field. So, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey and I'm loving it. You know, I love connecting with people. So it's natural to me. Um, but it, it's nice that people want me to help them do that. <laughs> It's been absolutely fantastic having having you on here, Mel, and, and just getting, um, I'm calling you Mel, I don't know if it, even if you like being called Mel, so no. Melanie. Mel's good. Mel's good. I feel like I'm okay. in trouble by my mum if I'm Melanie. Okay. <laughs> I just slipped into that. You know, I have a friend who's like, she's a Kath or a Catherine but not a Kathy, and people instinctively know for some reason. So, yeah. so yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us, Mel. It's been absolutely wonderful having you on, and I know people will have gotten a lot of value um, from you listening about, um, you know, your business and how you built it and career advice and, and reaching um, decision makers. So thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you both for having me, and thanks, everybody, for taking the time to listen. I've really enjoyed it. So... Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Cheers. Excellent. All right. Uh, Mel, thank you again. And tomorrow, me and Caroline will be back with, uh, you know, a guest that was actually recommended by uh, Mel, you know, Sarah Taylor. We are going to talk to her. Uh, she has got some amazing sporting achievements and also technical achievement and professional achievement. Tomorrow, me and Caroline will be talking to Sarah and we will both feel very small. Uh, but it will be <laughs> fine, I think. Um, you know, it, it would be, is that, yeah, yeah, bodybuilder, 
Yeah, she's been yeah. she's been a world champion. So I think I've you know I think I think the, the I've not spoken to any world champion unless that comes um, over how long people can sleep. Uh, but apart from that, I've not spoken to any any world champion. But it would be it's going to be a fascinating chat uh, with Sarah uh, about being unstoppable in life, and I think she's she is a testament of being unstoppable. So it would be fascinating. So do, do join us tomorrow. 3 p.m. Melbourne time, 10.30 a.m. India time. Until that, stay safe. And I think there are certain councils they are asking you to stay indoors in Melbourne. So, everyone, see you later. Have a great evening. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. See ya. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.